Anyways, the key to this plan is the giant laser. It was invented by the noted Cambridge physicist, Dr. Parsons. Therefore, we shall call it the Alan Parsons Project. Oh my God. <laughs> what now? The Alan Parsons Project is a progressive rock band in 1982. Why don't you just call it Operation Wang Chung, ass? Well, what, what should we... Nothing, I'm sure Operation Banana Ram will be huge. What, what are you saying? Welcome, friends who don't dance, because you're no friends of mine, to Geek Salad episode 227, Geeks Just Wanna Have Fun. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And tonight we are talking about each of our five favorite songs for the first half of the 1980s. 1980 all the way up to 1984. And I cannot tell you how many people I had to like look at dead in the eyes as they're like, well, wouldn't that be up to 1985? Oh, it's oh boy. The God. math is a simple no. Anyway, I am I am really looking forward to doing this. This has been a fun episode. I always love our music episodes. And um, just full out, this is side one of a two-side uh, of a two-sided podcast here because it's music. We always run long. Yeah. So I'm just put, I'm just putting that out there, putting that out there right now. We we know ourselves now. <laughs> We've done this yeah, long enough. Exactly. So, all right, so let's get on with this because lots to talk about. Uh, let's start with our social media first. And for once, I actually thought to put the question out to Facebook. Now, did I put the question out to Facebook three days ago like I did with Twitter? No, I legitimately did this three hours ago uh, because <laughs> I am an idiot. So we didn't get a Baby whole steps. lot Baby of responses. Steps. You are a hack and a fraud. Yeah, exactly. I am a ha- I, I just I, how do I look at myself in the mirror? Which is sad because tonight the, because I get the AC, I'm recording in my bedroom, and I'm looking directly at myself in a mirror right now because that's my setup. And oh, Robert would be so disappointed in you. I know. Well, I'm just gonna have to show up to a, uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville house beforehand, and then uh, <laughs> some ketamine in the bathroom before I go you- off to the movies. The funniest you- thing about that reference, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Like, yeah, go I was ahead. just gonna say. Funniest thing about that reference is that uh, the theater group that Autumn and I have done work with just did Escape to Margaritaville, so oh, it's God. like all the Jimmy Buffett stuff, and all I can think of is that shitty margarita they were talking about. So, <laughs> you, you were saying, Mike? Nice. <laughs> I just look and I can't. I don't recognize that person anymore. But you know who I do recognize. Here's our here's our transition. Here are the good folks on our um, on our Facebook feed, which is Geek Salad Podcast, uh, who responded back at such short notice. So, uh, our good friend Steve Day. First off, of course, he's going to do this from 1983. It's the Yub Yub song from uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't disagree. I think that song's great. I, no? was, really, I was really sad when they got. Uh, <laughs> he then follows it up with uh, Creeping Death by Metallica and he closes it out with I'm shocked shocked and appalled Catherine you didn't bring this, put this one on your list uh, it's Weird Al's Eat It there were too many damn songs to choose from yeah. got a five year span I know, I know I was really really close yeah, to I know to hell on, my, on my list ah I don't know. I feel like it's a better just a Halloween song. So anyway, back on to Facebook. Uh, Michael Knight says, sorry, I was six. But come on, Michael. You and I both know, my friend, music is, etern- is eternal. Mm-hmm. So um, Michael brings up Blondie, the tide is high. Oh, nice. Colin Oates, Private Eyes. Yep. 
and the Steve Miller Band's Abracadabra. Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever told this story. Yep. No, I was just going to say, it's kind of funny that Abracadabra is kind of like really the tail end of the Steve Miller Band career. Oh my god, it ended. It like, yeah, it's just, they careened, it, it just didn't even bother to, to like, like drive into the skid. It was just, <laughs> all, my lasting memory of Abracadabra, I, I, my original memory of Abracadabra was, it was everywhere in the summer of 1982, and I always associate it with like this boardwalk, um, arcade. I used to play it all the time when I go, went to go visit my grandmother, and we'd go to this place in Rhode Island, and there was a, uh, it was just this arcade. It was always playing, so I was associated with like old timey arcade uh, games. And then, for about two and a half months before we bought our house, Autumn and I were living with her parents, and our alarm clock played. We uh, had a CD player on it, and. I put an 80 CD on to wake us up. So every day for roughly 100 days, uh, we listened to Steve Miller Band's Abracadabra every morning. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so now whenever I hear the song, I'm like, I'm up! <laughs> so what is it that rhymes with Abracadabra? We should grab you! Yeah, yes, we got we go! Yeah, yeah, we'll grab you, Cadabra. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're, all they're I all I know is that words. essentially the the Harry Potter killing curse is just is just a play on the word abracadabra. So <laughs> prove me wrong. It's, all right, uh, we got and also from Facebook we have Jessica Stanford who brings up oh something from Synchronicity wrapped around my, your finger was my favorite. Great song. That is a great um, song. Great album, Jessica. That is a, that is it's beautiful. It is a really beautiful Synchronicity is such a great album. Holy shit. It's not my favorite police album, but I remember why I love it so much every time I play it because, you know, vinyl. Um it's so good. And also Jessica mentions uh, REM South Central Rain. That's a, that's a really that's a solid pick. So now I'm going to go to our Twitter because we actually got a really Really great letter here from a friend of the show, Dave McLean. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, McLean Dave. Um, so first off, we got a, a great uh, little like, hey, listen to your last podcast. How this that, where he said, how did this movie get a deal before the Avengers? But getting into the eighties, Dave writes, as far as the best songs of the early eighties, there is no era of music that frustrates me more than top forty music. Uh, from when I was a kid. To me, it's the oral equivalent of having a brother who is the uh, captain of the football team. Yes, it's an omnipresent part of your childhood, but for reasons you can't possibly give a shit about. The feelings it inspired left a lot of us staring at import racks, which led a lot of conversations like, yes, I have heard David Lee Roth. No, I don't care that he has an erection. I'm listening to this song uh, by a guy who also works as a bricklayer because he believes in it or not, or something to say. As such, I present my top five. Dave got to it before the Twitter went out, uh, which uh, you may rename Andy's confirmation bias. I uh, I left off the bricklayer, but it was a close call. So for songs, Dave lists "Lovell Tear Us Apart" by Joy Division, released at the very beginning of 1980. It may as well be a 70s song, but a great <laughs> song nonetheless. Uh, another REM song, "Radio Free Europe," which actually I brought up when we talked about debut albums last year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Sweet dreams are made of this by the Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When nice doves cry, yeah. When doves cry by Prince. Uh, Fantastic yeah. song. And really, wait, and that, was, that was in the first. That was in the first half of the eighties. Eighty four. When doves cry, uh, Purple Rain came out in eighty four. Oh, hmm. not a okay. song, but a good, but a good one. The more you know. And then um, he caps off with The Love Cats by The Cure. Great song. Fun piano on that. So, all right. Now let's go to the rest of our Twitter thing. Dave, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that, that you're, you're also um, confirming my confirmation bias here. <laughs> so, we've got Mike's Lady Jana, uh, JDE at Misty Jade 73 who brings up Don't Stop Believin' by Journey. 
Yep. Oh, nice. Of course. Hungry like the wolf, Duran Duran. Oh, and the oh, Boys yeah. of Summer by Don Henley. That is a fantastic. All three of these are winners. She also brings up as a runner-up Flashdance, What a Feeling by Irene Cara. That one almost made my list. You want to talk about Ditto. Omnipresent Song of the 1980s. My goodness. Oh, yeah. And then we've got um, Kurt Smith, friend of the show at Swayze of Arabia, who brings up uh, Subdivisions by Rush. Honestly, one of my favorite Rush songs, so I will not fault him on that. Uh, Rio by Duran Duran. And Panama by Van Halen. Ooh. Which, if you've ever listened to that, the lyrics of that song, all i got to say is, Dave really wanted to fuck that car. <laughs> One would wonder what he want to fuck. <laughs> well, that's true. It's like, well, if you... If if you listen to Yankee Rose, I'm fairly certain he wanted to fuck the American flag, too. But that's just – that's like every David Lee Ross song is, <laughs> you know, anthropomorphizing an inanimate object or or something. is like, I'm going to stick my dick in that. <laughs> and odds are good he probably did at one point. I, oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I know he wasn't, he wasn't like, a, a terrible, like um, – Devil's dandruff person or anything like that, but it's uh, it's it, it's probably it's probably a fact. Yeah. And then finally, we have um, being bookish a podcast at being underscore bookish that brings up. Let's hear it for the boy. Um. By oh my god, it's, it's Vanessa Williams. Sorry, no, it's not. No. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? That, oh, that's the yep. uh, flash dance. Uh, no, 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 Footloose. Yeah, that's uh, Footloose. Yep. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Um, somebody look that up while I read out the other ones being bush, bookish had here. Uh, one we're going to address Denise, in a little uh, Denise bit. Williams. Girls, Denise, Denise Williams. Williams. Thank you. I almost said I almost said Vanessa Williams. So yes, Denise. Okay. Denise, thank you. Girls just want to have fun, which we will be talking about a little bit by Cindy Lauper. And here comes the rain again by the Arrhythmics. Honestly, I think I might like oh, that song better than Swing. That is a that is a, that's this. a that's a top yeah. tier song right there. That's quality. They're, yeah, they're it all didn't, amazing. It didn't they're get as, it's, as much radio play or uh, uh, covers as "Sweet Dreams Are Made of This." So, that's another reason why it's a great right. song because it, it it's not tired. But, yeah, it's just like the just the 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 musical texturing of that song though is so good, and the strings. Like just those plucking, uh, like violin strings are just it's it's oh, it's a great song. Honestly, if you, if I had to pick one Eurythmic song, I'd probably go with um, "Walking on Broken mm-hmm. Glass." That's actually just Annie Lennox solo. Yeah, that's that's oh. not a Eurythmic song. Yeah, and I'd still go with it. You would you yeah you would go the with more it you because know. you didn't you didn't spend an entire summer hearing that like three times a day for three <laughs> months. No, no, and but that's why I don't do listen to any REM songs from the nineties. Yeah. Oh, that's right, right. Will and Park, you, you struck again. Show, yeah, Mike, sh- show me on the doll where REM touched you because that's just. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Who wants to go first? All right, so and. Wait, oh. By the way, thank you everybody who uh, reached out to us. Uh, check out the Being Bookish podcast. Uh, Kurt doesn't have a podcast, but he regularly shows up on our uh, on our YouTube feed. And Jonna is just amazing, so give her a follow yeah. on Twitter <laughs> as well. Uh, usually, that, shows that leaves us with we're doing a shitty sequel. That's true, a shitty sequel indeed. Yeah. So the Starship Trooper uh, sequels are just staring us uh, right in the face, aren't they, Mike? If you say so. <laughs> All right, so let's. Um, we, now we have our list. Each of us was tasked with five, count them five, um, individual songs between between our our, our, age, our 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 year gauge here. They don't. I mean, they might not be your absolute favorites, but I feel like I know in my case, I wanted to give some band some oxygen that I wouldn't normally give on this show but songs i genuinely love like with all my heart so who wants to go first i'll go i'll kick it off all right go for it kick it off with quite possibly one of my favorite songs of all time 
safety dance by Men Without Hats. You can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile Say, we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance They're doing it from pole to pole We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance, we can dance Everybody's taking the chance This is, again, this was an omnipresent 1983 song. Oh, especially on MTV, especially on MTV it got so much uh, oh, yeah. rotation. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, it was, an, it was crazy. Now, it, did everybody it, else think that the dwarf was part of the band? I did. <laughs> but then again, I was also 10 years old, so... <laughs> Right, I thought that the girl, the, like the the crazy dancing girl, and the and the dwarf were part of the band. Well, it's it, you, you know, also, it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny because when you, you when you're at that age and you don't really know better about the world, you think that everybody that shows up in the video is part of the band. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we were all spoiled by Dexy's Midnight Runners because <laughs> like, all those dudes were in that band. Because he kept well, yeah, running but, through band members like crazy. Well, that's but true. Andy, the girl couldn't have been in the band because the band is called Men Without Hats. Oh, man, yeah, I know. Just, affirmative action really wasn't at where it needed to be in 1983, Mike. I agree with no. you totally. <laughs> um, so here's another thing, which is kind of like uh, – I've known this for a few years, but it may as well just be that I was today years old when I found out. Um, <laughs> that Men Without Hats, I always thought were a British band. They're not. They're not? They're Canadian. They are Canadian. Oh, well, they're British. That, that's British light. I would have, I would have guessed them for Australian, actually. Okay, or and uh, fair is absolutely fair because out of if if you look at like bands from North America versus bands from like the British colonies, who is more likely going to possibly have a dwarf as a band member? Oh, the uh, the British band, <laughs> one for oh, an Australian band, exactly. I mean, yeah, no, if we if we go back to like the late '80s and you know the Australian band Jackal with a Y, I mean they had a, guy, a dude fucking playing a chainsaw in that band. That was like his instrument. Nice, but no, it wasn't. They sucked. <laughs> they were horrible. <laughs> well, I don't remember And he's like in the video, he's like using it like his cock. You know, it's like, oh, stop it. Oh, well, gross. of course he does because it's a video, and the director is like, "You should do this." Sure, dude. Exactly. I'm just thinking yeah, that jerk a, a, off a that chainsaw. chainsaw while it's running. A chainsaw <laughs> could be like a didgeridoo kind of so- sound. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, tell us a little bit about Men Without Hats. Is the safety dance? What's well, uh, wh- why are, did this make your list? Well, there are like a few versions, but I like the one that has like the. S S S A A A. You know the one with the kind of opening. Yeah. Bit? Um, but it's just, it's just so much fun. It is possibly mm. one of the most fun songs I've ever had. I've ever heard. And it's just the the beat. I just, just, I love it so much. And that, yeah, it it is it. It just hit me just in the right way. It became one of my favorite songs yeah. of all time. It easily is, is is for an ele- for an electronic song, very accessible. Uh, the fact that they also just ha- they were lucky enough to have the harpsichord setting, yeah, on that synthesizer because that's that's really what they're trying to emulate. Like that sound that they're emulating, you know, besides the electric drums, is is definitely a harpsichord sound. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds like a, like a weird kind of cross between eighties pop and like Mozart type music mm. it's got that, that that really kind of old old english feel but with more pop sensibility I, it, it's it really clicks every all my boxes hmm. yeah, it's it is a great song i i will not lie i i i, I truly enjoy the song uh all right any thoughts about men without hats before we move on to somebody else 
No, I, I totally agree that it's a fun song. And, of course, Weird Al did uh, The Brady Bunch. Yeah. Which is, yes. a, it's a, a very underrated Weird Al song. It doesn't get enough, nearly enough um, play. No, definitely. <laughs> I would say drink, but all I have is a water bottle in here. I, I had fixed myself something beforehand. <laughs> and the half hour of Skype issues didn't make matters any better here, because I could have been doing that. All right, who wants to go next? Right, I'll go next. All right, Joe. All right. Well, I, I'm gonna have to go with my biggest gun. You know, the the biggest gun that I got going in this uh, in my list, and it and that is uh, "Photograph" by Def Leppard from 1983's "Pyromania." I feel now, Joe. Maybe Catherine. Maybe Mike. Do you feel like people kind of forget? Like they sleep on Pyromania because of how epic Hysteria is. Yeah, I, I was just thinking if Hysteria was nineteen eighty to eighty four, that would definitely be making my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah eighty seven. Eighty seven for the album. I think. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying that. I go, Joe. Joe. No, it's you, you kind of make a good point in in that Pyromania was such a good album, but yeah, you're right to have it be followed up by hysteria, you know, by hysteria, you know, outside yeah. of Photograph, you know, maybe Rock of Ages. There's really not a you know not a lot of songs on pyromania besides photograph and rock, rock of ages that are considered like true classics i mean there's not i mean they're, they're until you mass. go back and listen to the whole album right i mean there's a lot of good songs like i love stage fright stage fright is one of my favorite songs you know it's a really good mm-hmm. song and you know billy's got a gun is great but photograph just stands on its own and really I, I always say this, I always, and I always uh, post it on every once in a while. I'll post it on Facebook that it is probably the closest thing to a perfect '80s song that there is. <laughs> Just because it's 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 got the hook, it's got the melody, it's you know the lyrics are cool. I mean, it's just it's got it's the entire package. It is the whole package. The, the entire song is really yeah. not a bad thing you can say about the song. Yeah. It's got the hook. It's got the hook. Man, it's got the hook. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, the other thing with this Joe is that you know, I remember as a kid, like, had MTV and was like, I liked Photograph, but I was always drawn more to Rock of Ages or Foolin', which were the other two videos right, from the, that yeah, right, were released for that singles. album. But you know, you you remove forty years, and it's like I go right back to photograph. It is, you're right. It's 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 practically a perfect eighty song, especially in that hard rock era, because you've got the, you've got a great hook, you've got a lot of like, all the parts are moving all together, and it's still it's interesting too because it's still got that like that big dick swagger of yeah. like hair metal. But it's a smart, it's a well-written song. It's mm. very smart. And, I mean, Joe Elliott's voice is just, oof, God. What, what a find. Right, I mean, I just finally found his voice. I just remember when I was 10, you know, I was 10 years old. I was going to, Con- you know, fifth grade at Conan School in Acton. And I, and I remember watching the video and hearing that first, like, chord break. You know, when the, the first chord, when it, it sounds like those strings break on the guitar. 
and then the first, you know, yeah. the, the first few chords, you know, the you're like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. That, yeah. It just hooked me right then and there. And I think, I yep. think, I honestly think, I went like through three or four photograph cassette tapes. Just because I kept <laughs> rewinding and listening to that yeah. song over and over and over again, I think I think Pyromania would have been a great would was a great album, and it would have been high, more highly regarded if it wasn't for the monster that came out after it. Well, it, the thing is, exactly, it, you know, it, you know, and I I've pointed this out in our when in our albums of '87 was that Pyromania was a transition album for Def Leppard. Um, you know, coming after High and Dry, yeah, which was which in itself is a good album, but that is still very much um in their hard rock roots. Still has their very much their hard yeah. rock slash metal roots. Whereas Pyromania was their transition to being more of a pop metal, hair metal, you know, group, and with a focus on you know being a more commercial band, which they they make no bones about. You know, and Pyromania, yeah, songs like Photograph and Stage Fright and stuff like that are very popish and stuff like that, while they still have some of the hard rock songs like Rock of Ages and Fool and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. when you, you know, in to follow up Pyromania with Hysteria, I mean, that's just, a, that's an achievement of epic proportions. It oh, really yeah. is. Absolutely, I love I love yeah. this album, and I'm shocked that my that my record from like 1983 is still in playable shape. <laughs> That's nice. So, and all right, you, Catherine. And thank you, Jim, for my uh, copy I'm of sorry, the vinyl. Anybody else have anything else? What's that? I said thank you, Jim, for my copy of the vinyl. <laughs> How much chloroform did you have to use? <laughs> It was my Led Zeppelin one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Catherine, what, what do you got for us? Well, let's. Uh, we just teased it a little, few minutes ago, so let's just go with "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Yeah. Yep. Catherine. Yes. Do you want yes. to have fun? Usually. Then there we go. <laughs> Solid Just what she wants to do. Would I, would I it like to is. have fun it is. and be happy but not upset my parents? Absolutely. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Not only did I like this song, like, way back, you know, this I, I think I've talked about the, the fact that, you know, uh, Cindy Lauper, She's So Unusual, was a present as a uh, 10, which was not the Ewok village, but I do have, <laughs> I, I am very grateful to that because it introduced me to Cindy Lauper and a lot of great music. That album is so awesome, but girls mm-hmm. just want to have fun is such a classic. Yeah. And yeah. a couple of songs off that album almost made my list too. Yeah. There's, there's mm. a whole lot on that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love that album. Soup to nuts. Oh, big time. It yeah. is. Yeah, it's. I think out of all of her albums, it's the best complete work because yeah. then everything else just like devolves into it's the album with that one song on it. <laughs> Cindy Lauper is such an odd case because it's like she. It's almost like we. She she's kind of in the the pop mainstream. Almost like she's a one hit wonder, but she had a ton of hits and. Oddly, she does the one thing I hate about about people who came up in the 80s. She doesn't want to talk about her career in the 80s. It's like, okay, 
All right. No, this is, we just want to know about this. The 40th anniversary of this record is coming up pretty soon. We just want to talk about this. Hmm. Today, I, uh, uh, I, I, was years, I was today years old when I learned that this was actually a cover. Yes. Is it? Yeah. I, yes, I knew that from a um, like a stuck in the eighties, but it was it was like it was. I didn't know how like widely the the original was released. They didn't. They didn't even tell me that on Papa Video because Papa Video is like this is her actual father. This is her actual mother. Yeah. Captain Lou Albano was not her father. Damn. Yeah, but her mother hey. her mother showed up in all those videos. Yeah. And, oh, okay, okay. I'm so, I'm so disillusioned. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she, you know, um, like, all that stuff. And yeah, just, I... Yeah, it's so much fun. It's... Yeah, it, it, it it's one of those songs that like you it, it's a universally loved song unless you're a total incel. Um and I yeah, it's 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 tough to like just put like a like a like a blanket statement on this song, but I think that that, that kind of covers it. What do y'all think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is your song, Catherine. Do you got anything else to say about it? <laughs> We're all covered. Did a did a parody? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Which he Muppet did, did a, a cover of this? <laughs> I have no, oh, I'm sure some one of them did. I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to check Disney because that that would have been a Disney thing to do, not a uh, not a classic. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, was, Mike, you were saying something. I'm sorry, I think I cut you off. Well, it's just like um, I think. Out of, out of all the songs in this album, the only two other that I had on my list, well, on my preliminary list, were uh, Time After Time and Shebop. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Shebop. I like, I like uh, He's So Unusual. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. But yeah, there's... Oh, that's... That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, this, all this, right. This one is a standout. Moving on. Uh, all right, all right. So I'm gonna kick off my list again with something that I would. I, I'm not going for like all of my greatest hits, just some of them. Um, but I'm gonna kick off my list with uh, "Space Age Love," sung by a flock of seagulls. So, oh, I love, I love the song. I think I, I think I like this song better than uh, I ran so far away. So, and I ran. So flock of seagulls. Well, I was listening, we watching. They had they actually had several songs. Not none of them charted enough to not, like knock them out of one hit wonder contention here in the states. But um, the 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 YouTube channel Todd in the Shadows has a has a series called One Hit Wonderland. And he covered "And I Ran," and it's just like the whole, you know, thing. This is kind of like when when you think of the early '80s, this is exactly the sound and the look that you think of. Yeah. And then after he talks about the main song, he said, you know, they, he's got the section called the failed follow up. The next song that they chose to release was a song called "Space Age Love Song." It's one of my favorite songs ever, and I I agree with them. It's it's so. It's a better song. It is a better song than uh, I ran. Um, the guitar work in this, I have. I think I've gone on record on the show several times. I think Paul Reynolds is one of the most underrated guitar players of the 1980s. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, just the sound that he was able to get out of that thing, and even the 
even the rest of it, the, the, just the bass, the drum, I mean, everything about that song just works. And it does. It sounds very space-agey and very, very dreamy. Um, and I also appreciate, too, that it showed up on the uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming soundtrack. It's like, oh, this is a deep cut. That's how you do it. That's how you do an 80s playlist. You go with the deep cuts. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I think it's... I, I, I just... Ah, so good. It's so fucking good. And I saw a few years ago, they'd actually done... Uh, they'd remade the song. Um, like, the, the original four members, uh, I think they, they worked with the Prague Orchestra to kind of you know, do the string arrangements that most bands do whenever they want they want to redo a song and it still sounded good they're all in reasonably good voice still and they're still able to hold instruments which is a good thing because these guys are a lot older than i think we thought they were except for the guitar player who was like a teenager when they, they brought him on board <laughs> but yeah i i just i love this song i can't i can't not love this song enough no no all right well Mike, I tip oh, right. my yeah, flock of seagulls hair to you, sir. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, my uh, next song I'm going to go with is uh, Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. I'll play along with the charade. There doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. Cause she's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving him with that body, I just know it. And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night. I, I had I had a lot of Rick Springfield songs on my on my list. I I really really love Rick Springfield, but I was like, this is my number one Rick Springfield song. It is. A How can you not love this song? It's 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 hooky. I it's just... good, and Jesse needs a new friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it doesn't matter what the girl is, just as long as uh, it's just like Jesse's girl. Uh, Autumn pointed out, too, that the way that he spells Jesse in the song, and this could just be like a publisher's mistake. No, uh, no. But it's, yeah. it, this, is the, this is the female spelling of Jesse. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that has always bugged me, but it has always been the way it is spelled. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's... Wow, this, this song is more progressive than I thought. Yeah, yeah, I'm Rick Springfield, who is problematic, but yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he is. He is. He's absolutely. And the weird thing is too is that there were women, like, like just just like that. Maybe the cla- the high school class head of ours, like the people who graduated as I was coming into high school. There were women in that group of of people that would still drop their panties for Rick Springfield in a second. Oh, it's not. It's not just our class. It's not just our age. Because there was a, a young woman I worked with, who was a, a few years younger than I was, who when we went to see a friend's cover band, she was always like, "Play Jesse's Girl." So, and like, yeah, it's, as, as, no, as did you much know? Of an issue of as problematic as the song is, as problematic as Ring Springfield is, it's still a fun song. I, I did Now, do you know who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's 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 stuff going on. Uh, uh, he just likes to keep his what his uh his his ladies in line, if if you will. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, the, literally, the first time hearing, about, hearing about this. So. Yeah. It, I, still like the song. I though. remember it made news a while ago, like. During the Rick Springfield cruise, but you know what is cool about this song? Do you know who wrote this song? No. Besides Rick Springfield, Neil Gerardo, 
who essentially is the dude who is responsible for crafting Pat Benatar's sound. Ooh. And eventually married her because, you know, he recognizes a meal ticket when he sees it. But, um... <laughs> or, or, like, you know... Yeah. Helps help somebody get where they need to be. Right. Yeah. Still. It's, um... But, yeah, no, he wrote, like, at least wrote the music. I don't know if, Jesse, if uh, Jesse... If, uh, Rick Springfield wrote the lyrics or not, but... He definitely did the uh, he definitely did the music, and you could tell. You can if you listen to this and listen to, like early Pat Benatar, you can see where that inspiration comes from. Hmm. So, all right. Anything else about uh, Jesse's got himself a girl? Other than the fact that every time I hear the song, I still think of Al from Ridley's scene in Boogie Nights, and it freaks me the hell out. <laughs> oh man, I managed to block most of Boogie like. I don't remember this part of Boogie Nights. I remember a lot of Boogie Nights, which when I went to see it, I thought it was going to be like Saturday Night Fever. I had oh, no, no idea. Oh, no. 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 It, yeah, is, no. It, is in fa- it is in fact about broken people. For the first half of the movie, it's just broken people finding themselves in the, in the adult film industry in uh, California. The second half, I do cocaine! So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll um all right if we Mike anything else you could say about uh, Jesse's girl? Uh, only that the uh, Jesse is apparently a last name. Oh yeah, I, I just sorry, interesting. I, was, I just pulled up the uh, the Wikipedia um, page on it, and apparently uh, Rick Springfield uh, came up with the idea of the song when he was in a stained glass art class with uh, a friend named Gary and Gary's girlfriend, and he originally wanted to, to call it, you know, Gary's girl, but then he went, he uh, chose Jesse because he was wearing a t-shirt with the name of football player Ron Jesse on it. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, all right, no, cool, cool. All right, Joe. All right, for my next pick, I am going diametrically opposed to uh, my first pick of Photograph, and that is Don't (laughs) Answer Me by the Alan Parsons Project from uh, the uh, Ammonia Avenue album. Forgotten this song existed until you brought it up, but I the second you brought it up, Joe, I remembered the video. I oh God, the video, I mean, the video was something song, else. This song, that video got regular air, uh, like regular rotation on MTV. It like, was, it was, it, of it, new it was up for a, it was up for a VMA. Uh, no, it was, it was up for an Emmy for best video or something, but it lost out to something. Uh, I forget what it lost out to. Um, but yeah, no, this is. This is this song, just because it is such a departure from what you typically expect from Alan Par- the Alan Par- Parsons project. You know, especially when right. you consider that I, you know, when you listen to like "Eye in the Sky," this is so different to what their normal sound. And a lot of it was, you know, 
a conscious decision by Alan Parsons to kind of go after that Phil Spector wall of sound feel to it, mm. which he pulls off marvelously with this with this with this song. Because the the thing about the wall of sound is, if you don't do it right, if you're not careful, it's just noise. You know, everything becomes yeah. indistingu- indistinguishable. It just becomes noise. But if it's done really well, like, you know, by, like, Phil Spector or, like, George Harrison with, like, All Things Must Pass, the Beach Boys with Pet Sounds, it becomes, like, this lush, full sound and just adds so many layers to a song. And this song pulls it off. But it works. It still feels like an, it, it, it. it's still a song that you associate with Alan Parsons. But like you said... It got forgotten. It, it really got forgotten. Mm. No, I absolutely. I agree. I totally agree with that. But that's it's a, funny that's a, it, was a, a it, it was a Billboard Top 20. It was it reached number 15 on the Billboard charts in the U.S. Yeah. I, I was listening I, to it earlier. You know, yeah. I was listening to our, our playlist mm-hmm. earlier today, and I was like, oh, yeah, this song. And it's like, this song's really depressing. <laughs> It is, it, and well, that's the thing. That well, you know what though? That the the part, the great part of the 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 way it was produced, and like you said, yeah, it is a depressing. The, the lyrics are very melancholy. You know, it, it's it, it's somewhat ambivalent. You know, it doesn't like come out and say, it, especially when you watch the video, because the video, the storyline of the video, has nothing to do with the lyrics of the song. No, you know, because basically, the, you know, the basically the, the the lyrics of the song is just like what you imagine the end of a fight between two lovers, and some, you know, the, the they're saying, well, you know, well, fine, that you know, then don't talk to me, go on, you know, go go on your own way. I don't want to talk to you anymore, anyway. So type of thing. Yeah, which is not what the video portrays. <laughs> yeah, and and the 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 Spotify playlist paired this up with a couple of other songs that we're going to go over, and it was just like an onslaught of. Our relationship's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this was I, this was a fun little thing just to re- go back and be like reminded that it was it was a really fun song. So yeah, again, I mean, yeah, a good you know a, a, a good because uh, I don't think after this I don't think Alan Parsons really kind of did much beyond this. Oh, good lord, no! <laughs> so this this was a good way to close out close out their career, or <laughs> begin the eventual downslide. <laughs> Be, yeah, begin the begin the, uh, the the county fair era of their career. <laughs> oh boy, yep. All right, I'm throwing this over to Catherine. Catherine, what what's your uh, what's your next your next song? Uh, let's see. Let's go with Whip It by Devo from I I remember when this song was started to become huge and I had no idea how to wrap my head around it. I loved it. <laughs> but I had no idea how to wrap my head around Devo. I had to at least be uh a teenager who liked new wave music at that point to really get Devo. And if you listen to other Devo songs, oof, they get a lot of good stuff. Oh yeah. Devo Devo's a lot of fun. They 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 really enjoy music and enjoy doing stuff and, and enjoy just like playing with stuff. Well, Andy, if you don't get it, then you must whip it. 
Yeah. Into shape. Yeah. Shape it up. Get it straight. Get straight. Go Move forward. forward. Move ahead. Try to do it. I love that. I love that there's that those little areas where he's singing and they just hit they just crack that whip like in the middle of him singing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just such a wacky fun song. Yeah. I yeah. I mean I, I, I love it. Devo just a fun band, but yeah, I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, no, Devo is just like a it's a very unique band. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably the best way to describe them. They're they're a unique band, but they're, they're the kind of band that could only happen in the eighties. Yeah. Um, I think I yep. think they could no. happen now. They'd be a bit different, but they could happen now. But they you know however they, 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 they did have uh, uh some songs in the heavy metal movie, which that definitely could not happen the same way now. It would have to be a very different movie. I mean, they could but, happen now, yeah. but they'd, yeah, be a, they they'd be a very, very niche band. <laughs> yeah. You know what they'd be like? They'd be like the OK Go. In terms of like, you know, they would have these these awesome videos, but no one could ever remember their songs. Yeah. I I get what you're saying, but like, I can't disassociate the OK Go songs from the OK Go videos. But like, you, writing, but you can with the, the, the Devo, though, The writing's right? on you the can. wall is very specific. Uh, the one they did with the Muppets is very specific. Take a drink. Um, <laughs> and, yep. you know, like, the, the the one that everybody knows, the, the one on the, the uh, uh, treadmills. Yep. But I mean, with 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 Devo, I mean, the the cool thing about Devo is that they they could do a they could rock a cover. I honestly like their version of uh, Satisfaction better than oh, the uh, than the Stones. Absolutely, I love their version of Satisfaction. For me, Devo has always kind of had like almost a Daft Punk feel, where they're they're like sort of mainstream, but sort of really out there experimental as well. Yep. They they had a look that you could you could look at that especially with the, those energizer hats and go okay Devo yeah but then you hear a song of theirs not not so much Whip It because Whip It was an enormous hit right um and go oh I like that song who's that oh that's Devo They're the Whip It guys yep and Mark Mothersbaugh is actually making music today he does um does a lot of music for Nickelodeon or at least back in the nineties did a lot of Nickelodeon music he did the score to um. Thor Ragnarok. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Jocko Homo is great. And then of course yeah. Weird Al I... did a Debo style song, <laughs> which was featured in the Transformers yep. movie Dare to Be Stupid. They're one of my all time favorite Weird Al songs. That is a fantastic yep. in the style of, but not a direct parody of song. Oh, the in the video is even more clear. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, Devo Devo also can stand on their own two feet. They are yeah. really good. And yeah. you know, Whip It was just like it fell in our time frame, so I'm like, I'm doing Whip It. Yep. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. All right. All right. So I guess I'm up next. So what am I going to pick out of this one? Um. All right. Next one I'm going to pick is uh, Mad World by uh, Tears for Fears.
I had a lot of early Tears for Fears that I could have I have picked for this one, and I never. I've recently rekindled my love of Tears for Fears, and it's just it, Songs from the Big Chair didn't come out till '85, so maybe I'll I'll bring up something from from that album next time we do this. But uh, Mad World is just it's it's well written. It's got that haunting little melody, and then it's just the that that little gliss of the, of the keyboard, like every third stanza. Yeah, um, I love I I just I love this thoughts because I did put this on the on the playlist for everybody to listen to. Oh yeah, yeah, no, this was this was on the playlist, and it was part of this like squashing of all the most depressing songs. It's a song <laughs> about depression. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Didn't have to question who put this one on the list. Uh, no, 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 definitely. Yeah, like, not at all. We knew. We knew. <laughs> yeah. Not because you're depressed, currently it's, you'll have a very happy life. It's just, it yeah. was... It was Tears for Fears. It's the early '80s. That was where your head was at at that time. Yep. Yeah. And this is one I kind of came into late. The only song I knew off of the, their their first album, "The Hurting," was "Change," which in and of itself is a great song. But years and years and years of just having it playing on like um, on. Uh, like the the eighties and new wave channels on uh, Sirius satellite radio when I had Sirius and they would play it all the time and then somebody did a cover of it uh, for the movie Donnie Darko which I don't fucking get that movie but um, movie. it's what's that I really enjoy that movie I haven't seen it in twenty twenty years but but yeah they, there's a cover of this song. In, in that, that makes sense. So, yeah, that fits that. That fits that. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I love this. And last year for, um, for National Record Day, they had a live Tears for Fears album, like re- recorded 1985 in, uh, and I think it was Toronto, Canada. And this song is on there, and it just it sounds great live. It's just. Again, it's tough for me to put into words how much I just enjoy the song. Sure. Nice. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was two each for both of us. Do we want to uh, kick off another round now, or do we want to wait until our next episode? Um, and we've gone for a little bit over an hour. I think this is a pretty good place to cut. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, great. All right, so anyway, um, all right, so we are gonna we're gonna cut and we'll be back uh, for part two in about a week where we'll we'll talk about our remaining three picks each. Uh, so far, I think this conversation has been going great. Can't wait to get into the the next p- uh, piece of that. So, um, thank you for listening. Thank you everybody who uh, filled out who who, who answered the call on our social media uh check out their podcast go follow them on twitter also folks uh, your songs will all be included in the uh, spotify and youtube um playlist which i will include in the show notes so you can check that out and take that with you wherever you, you go nice. um if you like what you hear check us out so you can check um out geek salad wherever you get your podcast so if it's the first time you're listening welcome and you can check us out uh, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts. We are everywhere. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel at uh, Geek Salad Podcast where we not only have the audio for these, but we also do our weekly movie reviews. Mike and I will do our retro movie reviews, so you can check those out. Um, follow us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio, on Facebook at Geek Salad Podcast, and check out our T Public store, keyword Geek Salad Podcasts. So, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We will talk to you in about a week for part two. Flip the record over. (laughs) Side B.
men without hats. Or, as they're known today, men without jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go there, Marty. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here at PJO.